Hello, and welcome to the Gut Feeling Podcast, speaking with musicians on how they found their sound. My name is Gregory Adams. I'm an arts reporter out in Vancouver with bylines at publications including Guitar World, Revolver, and Northern Transmissions, but I also run Gut Feeling as another spot to get into the bands that I love. It's generally a weekly newsletter that features interviews, gear talks, label guides, unpublished interviews from the archive, and more. You can sign up for free at buttondown.email slash gutfeeling, where you can find the full archive of all the newsletters. I also run this monthly-ish podcast, uh, which is on Apple, Spotify, Sounder, and more. I'm just going to cut to the chase with this one and mention that it's the end of the year, a time for relaxing, but also for reflection. So that's why I'm bringing back my dear friend Adam Mitchell of Spectres to get into some of our favorite records of the year. We tried this out in 2020, and I thought it would be fun to get into it again. Plus, it gives me an excuse to get into Spectre's recent singles collection, Hindsight, which covers the band's earliest period, starting from the dark and punky, kind of shouty Cold War 7-ish from 2007, up to a pair of new synth-forward pieces that significantly pop up the band's early, gritty, post-punk purview. So we get into Hindsight, while also looking back at some great records from 2021, It turns out Adam's a little bit street punk. I'm a little more easy listening hardcore. Hope you enjoy the talk. Here's me and Adam Mitchell, just John for a bit. Man, you uh, got got a little bit of light there. Just just realizing now you got the Burger King mic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have it for work. And... uh, I don't really use it because I mean, generally I do more phone calls than zoom calls. And I also feel like if I'm having, like, I don't, I I figured the audio was probably better for the interview to use this. Yeah, no, sounds great. If I, if I'm having like a face-to-face conversation with someone in a therapeutic thing, I just, I don't, I wouldn't take someone seriously if they looked like this. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, for the sake of, you know, the, the built-in audio on the computer is fine for uh, just a normal conversation, but I don't want to look like, a kid playing uh, Call of Duty in my mom's basement all the time, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you want to look like in general? Uh, Ray Romano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, li- I like that. Yeah, that's good. Everybody loves that guy. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard. <laughs> How many people like you? Oh God, not not a lot. Um, I think probably fewer these days dislike me than they have in my younger years. Yeah. Act- actively like me. I mean, at least a dozen people have to like me, I think. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good. I feel like it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I like you. Hey, thanks. Some- something uh, I think we can both agree on is that I send you a lot of texts. Yep, that is true fact. What, what, have, what, what have you enjoyed about my, that, that's a really leading kind of question. Do you enjoy when I text you at like 10 at night about like the voodoo glow skulls? I actually really do like it. Um, I'm, I'm just sort of like doing a casual scroll through my text thread with you. And like, I don't know why, cause I'm not reading anything, but like, you know, it's like maybe once a year you send me like a serious text and the rest is like, Oh, here's one about rock set. here's you know what it just like yeah i love that uh i can always count on some sort of uh 90s focused musical reference from you yeah i i think the highlight of of, i i did the same thing i did the 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 doom scroll of of our uh relationship (laughs) (laughs) and and, um minority pops up a lot so classic um hardcore band like hardcore adjacent yeah, hardcore adjacent rap rock group, <laughs> yeah. minority. 
we found out that one guy really loves them on YouTube. Yeah, I just saw those screenshots you sent me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, and I've definitely I've tried to I try to hit people to minority. You know, I feel like it's um I mean, it's a very like era specific Vancouver specific thing. So, yeah. You know, anyone who anyone who will listen, I I send them the the link to Kids Don't Make the Guns. Yeah. Uh, it's important for people to know about. Arguably the first time I heard about strain was through the, the, the kids don't make the guns video there's that one of the rappers, uh, (laughs) prominently wearing it strain bold faced, uh, t-shirt. Yeah. I think, uh, for me, it was, I mean, I remember first hearing about strain through, do you remember that Vancouver band? I think they were sort of like a spawner records type band called the livids by name. Yeah. Maybe I saw them. I don't remember much about them at all. I just know that I think this, the drummer dated the sister of a friend of mine. So he had a, a strain record in high school. And I think it was probably on the thanks list or maybe on a BNU thanks list that I learned about um, minority. So reverse, yeah. reverse from you. Yeah. Um, although were minority, the almighty punch drunk, were they the same band? Is, I don't know, but are, are you also thinking about the almighty trigger happy? No, I'm definitely thinking of a different band. Yeah, um, a lot yeah. of almighty, a lot of almighty bands. Do you think that the was almighty, like the almighty, mighty Boston's? <laughs> that's think... that's their pious. Um, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that the almighty thing is uh, sort of like remember how when bands from the UK got marketed over here, but they shared a name. So they put like UK, like the London suede or chameleons UK or charlatans UK. Yeah. Cause uh, in it was like trademark infringement in the U S yeah. Maybe, maybe they, all these bands adding almighty, it was just a way around um, yeah. trademark infringement. It's, it's conceivable that there's more than one uh, punch drunk out there. Maybe this is actually a good segue uh, to talk about uh, specters. Okay. On Discogs, you are listed as the second Spectres, but there are quite a few more. There's many, yeah. Uh, are, are you familiar with, with, with any of them? Um, so I'm familiar with the other contemporary one, uh, which tends to be the one that people actually mix us up with because, you know, people will see like a listing like, oh, you're going to the UK. I'm, no, we're definitely not, but it's that other Spectres. And there's that one from South Africa that's, uh, I believe it's The Spectres that I'm aware of just because they put out that single that is like, the cover looks alarmingly like our Provincial Wake single. Like, and that was alarmingly, my, it, it's close enough that it like kind of surprised me when I saw it. And they were like, I think like late 70s, early 80s group. But yeah, I'm not there. You're right. There are an awful lot of Spectres and The Spectres. Yeah. And I'm not really familiar with most of them. <laughs> Let's get into what what you do know by Spectres, okay. which is uh, perhaps this new collection, uh, uh, Hindsight. A mm-hmm. uh, w- w- is it a singles compendium? A, a rarities? Uh, uh, I, I, I would I'm reticent to call it a B sides collection, though it does technically include the B sides to those singles. That's true. Um, yeah, it's uh, I would say a singles collection. You could say rarities in that. Yeah, none of the singles for in huge numbers but so it's got the first two seven inches the song off the arctic flowers split the uh part-time punk session we did in la when we were on tour a couple of years ago 
and then uh, that latest single that we did, I guess, a little over a year ago now. Yeah. Um, which, when we did it, we were also hoping to have it as a standalone single. Um, I mean, it's not to say that couldn't happen in the future. That didn't end up happening, though. So it's, as it stands, those those two songs are like exclusive tracks for the comp currently. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. call them. Let's call them previously unreleased. Okay. Uh, this is obviously dipping into some pre-Adam times of the band. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 that's how I measure uh, the band. <laughs> uh, 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 well, maybe maybe just getting into a bit of background on Spectres. Like, how big into the band were you? Uh, when they first, you know, popped off, like, you know, mid part of the 2000s? Yeah, uh, I was a fan. I think I I grabbed those singles as they came out, and I really liked them. And it just, for whatever reason, I guess, you know, small enough city, um, Vacant State played a fair bit with them in the, um, sort of when I felt like they were becoming like a really like solid live band, which would have been like, you know around the time they were putting out last days and nothing to nowhere um and mostly mostly i just i knew zach and kind of got to know the rest of them a little bit as time went on but uh yeah i was definitely a fan like i went to see them a lot and uh you know as they you know they started off obviously as kind of like an anarcho type punk band and i like that stuff but it's not like my main thing so i was always hyped um, with each subsequent record that they got a little more melodic and incorporated more sort of post-punk and sort of new wave type influences. So I think we've talked about uh, in the last interview when I'd, uh, when I joined, part of that was like they wanted to uh, lean harder into those pop influences. And that was what I was trying to bring to the band when I joined. As an overview of Spectres then, like how, how do you see these periods of the band then, these, these big shifts from like a song like Cold War to like something like uh, 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 to, to the Victor, you know, or? or uh... Yeah, it, well, it's funny. It's, um, there's some eras of the band that are left out of that collection because they've never really been a singles band, right? So you kind of have the very earliest period represented with, um, I actually, I don't have a copy of Hindsight, so I don't know how it's broken up on the 12 inch. But we'll say, I don't know if it's uh, even split A side, B side, but let's say sort of the first half, those first two singles and the split, you know, are a very different band than, you know, Provincial Way, Part-Time Punks and the, the new single. Um, yeah, I mean, I think to me, it's, I think if, if someone were to listen to the output of the band beginning to end, there's certainly didn't put it, there's long periods where they didn't release music, but I think the progression makes sense. I think there's uh, to listen to the earliest stuff and the latest stuff. Uh, there's, I mean, there's been huge shifts, but I think there's enough things like the way Zach plays guitar and, you know, brain's choice of melodies, even though that those I think have both gotten better and gotten more diverse, there's still something that anchors it. Uh, the newer stuff in sort of the first, first wave of Spectre stuff. But, yeah. you know, I, I like to think that the songwriting has gotten more sophisticated in some ways, obviously like, a lot more melodic and um yeah i think with me zach and jay in the mix i think there's a little more diversity between what the three instruments are playing versus some of the other stuff which was a little more like you know rhythm guitar lead guitar bass following the rhythm guitar kind of format mm-hmm. uh what can you say about uh, tell me that that you know it ends the collection it, it kind of even even takes some of the uh, uh pressure off of guitars in general it's a very synth heavy Mm-hmm. uh intro in in particular um 
almost almost like a just can't get enough meets bizarre love triangle that's that's a very basic uh i'm 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 not deep into the death rock subculture uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 the dark wave are these acceptable subgenres uh i mean are your are your comparisons acceptable or are you asking if this new this sound of that song alienates people who like the band well let's start with the first is uh, how how apt am i with you know the obvious comparisons i I, that i would say it's fine i don't uh yeah i think that it's you know it's very much like a mid to late 80s like synth oriented radio pop song Mm-hmm. you know so i think those comparisons are good as any i don't think we need to find some weird pretentious like esoteric comparison beyond the obvious um and as far as how it fits sort of in the specter's canon yeah i think we'll see like we've never played tell me live but the response to it has been great um and i think that's just how to put it i would say sort of maybe the scene that specters came up in it's at this point, it's not a scene that's oriented towards young people. It's a lot of folks who I think have like followed the progression of the band and their tastes have diversified. Um, I would say within, within sort of the dark wave, death rock, post-punk goth, whatever, whatever title you want to attach to it. Yeah. I think, I think that stuff goes hand in hand with, um, with sort of synth oriented pop music. Um, We'll see. I mean, if we can do, uh, if we can actually do some touring this year, like you said, it's, it's a synth heavy song. So we haven't quite figured out the best way to execute it live. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it'd be good to see what the response is, but I think based on, you know, what would the, the only metrics we really have at this point, which is how well it does on streaming platforms, people seem to res- you know, respond well to it. So. Yeah. Back tracking a bit, looking back at hindsight, We'll say, yeah. um, I, I know, I, I, yeah, it's a uh, rarities collection, um, p- perhaps a B-sides collection, Compa- stacking it up against other kinds of collections like that. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if, if, if you have any favorite B-sides or, or rarities uh, collections that, that you can think of. Oh, um, God. I mean, there's obvious ones like Louder Than Bombs and half of hollow and stuff uh the mccarthy one uh what's that called it's called like that's very well that's all very well but um that's a great collection it's i mean it's a lot of just different versions off uh it's like peel sessions and different stuff that's largely represented on the first mccarthy album just different stuff um or i should say different versions but that's one of my favorites it gets a lot of play um there's probably others i can't i can't think off the top of my head um yeah. How would you rank it against uh, Anthrax, Attack of the Killer Bees? Oh, good question. You know, I don't know if uh, they they, uh, bring the noises on that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only uh, song I ever heard off Attack of the Killer Bees. Um, It's a good one to hear. Yeah, it's true. Although... um, just jog my memory what about uh, skid row besides ourselves oh that's a clever clever title it is it's got yeah. uh, it's got a ramones cover with rachel boland singing very yeah. uh, it's a rare move for skid row but, we uh, uh we we were we were we were texting about about uh, no i think we we're texting about dave the snake oh yeah we probably were yeah he um he was in he was he was in a band that i never thought he would have been in that's a uh, 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 christ the conqueror 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. um oh and bon jovi yeah that oh that's right i think that's how i think that's how skid row got their break is because he originally played in bon jovi and then started skid row and old john bon gave them uh gave them their big break yeah anyways um it's going to be such an interesting interview for people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this, this, this is this is the hot local <laughs> content. As we did last year, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 I, I I would like to hear about a couple things that you listened to this year. Like, what were some of your favorite records? Like, you did send me like a small a small list of things. Um, yeah. uh, uh, the the Chisel is 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 a band that a, a, another friend of mine was tried to put me on to uh, that record. What, uh, what, what who are the Chisel? So, I mean, the funny thing about the Chisel is it really to me is like the final nail in the coffin of me being like totally washed up. So they're a band from the UK. Um, yeah, just a great mixture of uh, sort of like early eighties hardcore along with like early eighties street punk uh, and like oi influenced punk. Yeah. It just like very seamlessly um, melds those two, I think. But uh, yeah, I say final nail in the coffin of me being washed up because uh Jay from Spectres sent me that record and he's like yeah I think I think you'd really like this and it was the first hardcore record first punk record in a long time that I've listened to just on repeat over and over because I thought it was so good and I sent it to people I was like yo you have to hear this and uh I think it was Carl from Applewhite was like was like uh yeah this band is like war like worthy of all the hype they're getting and I was just like oh there's a hype band it's like yeah this is like one of the bands this year that every fucking person is talking about like yeah to me, it was just like, you know, late to the game. It was sort of like, you know, I'm I'm now that guy who like in like 2002 would have been like, have you ever heard of Bane before? <laughs> you know, like just, uh, but yeah, I just think it's it's a phenomenal record. It's the type of hardcore I like. Um, and the punk songs are like the type of punk I like. Yeah, it's fucking great. I, I did I, I did give it a listen, uh, a, a, another listen. I listened to it a while ago. Uh, I really like the kind of like knuckle down kind of fast hardcore to it. The singers and maybe kind of like a Springer, kind of a weird vocal Definite. range. Yeah, totally. That sort of, I don't want to say screechy, but kind of like weird high. It's really high. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a very Springer feeler feel yeah. type. I, I do wish this was Ted Leo's chisel. Yeah, I was going to say that... Uh, it's just funny that I sent that to you because I was like, you're like the probably the only person I know, like in my circle of friends who loves chisel. Yeah. So uh, and I was like, oh, I bet this talk will somehow will somehow find its way over to chisel rather than be chisel. <laughs> um, what, what, one of the other things that, that, that you, you added on that list is kind yeah. of uh, attached to this in, in, in it that it's uh, the, the, the boss single. Yeah. And that was just like another cool, yeah, like oi sort of glam street punk, you know, punk single. And again, I don't know because I'm I'm not really on the internet for the most part. I don't know anything about a lot of these bands, but I think it's kind of the same set of people. But uh yeah, that was just another one Jay sent me. And I was like, yep, that's again, it's a type of punk I really like and it's well executed. Um and a, a punk a type of punk that leads itself well to uh singles, I think. Just like a couple songs, short and sweet, catchy doesn't overdo itself yeah 
another one that okay so so that 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 one has jonah from fucked up in it um, oh right yeah. one of one of the other bands that you mentioned is uh, homefront whose record was produced by jonah yeah uh, like, do you do you know Homefront from from Edmonton? It kind of feels like it would it would fit in that Specs kind of world. Uh, yeah, so there, so it's a couple guys. I think the recording is is um, a co- it's a couple guys from No Problem, who uh, Spectres has played with lots. And then uh, I think the full like live band is uh, those guys and two people from the entirety of Rhythm of Cruelty from Edmonton. And maybe someone else, I guess, I don't know who the drummer is off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I was, you know, um, Zach had sent it to us uh, when Graham had first sent him like the couple songs that were released. And, uh, and then that EP, the full EP just came out a few weeks ago. And yeah, it's definitely, it's, you know, in the wheelhouse of, uh, of bands that specters could conceivably play with like i think the obvious the obvious influence that jumps out right off the hop is like new age era blitz but i think that's it's a maybe a bit reductionist there's other a lot of other stuff kind of going on in it but yeah i just thought it was a great ep and uh i'm hoping that either we get out there or they come out here because i'd love to play with them yeah the anybody's from vancouver is that is that maybe maybe just getting getting you know attaching to that like have, have you played with the anybody's a band i'm not familiar with although right. some of them do look very familiar just from years of going to shows yeah totally um i've no we've never played with them um i know jacqueline from anybody's really well and uh yeah i just uh i remember they i think they were recording that single around the time that we were doing they recorded with jesse and i think it was around the time that we were doing the tell me to the victor single but uh yeah i liked the previous stuff and i just thought it was cool it's just like it's just like in a, a style of of like music that i don't hear that often you know it's sort of like late 90s kind of touch and go or maybe a bit of amphetamine reptile like i think there's to me to my mind there's like a, a shellac influence uh, in some of the riff, like the riff choices. Um, yeah, they're, they're awesome live. And I just think it's a cool sounding record. Yeah. But yeah, I think they, I think they fly under the radar of a lot of people, but it's just like, they're a cool band and it's an awesome seven inch. Sick. Um, what, what, one record that, that is on both of um, both, we both shared our list with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, one that popped up on both is the new Ricky album. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, you, you were the person that tipped me off to Ricky last year on, on her first record. Like, mm-hmm. um, what, what, what did you think about this latest one? I like it. I mean, I think, uh, to my mind, Florence and Selena is the hit off that record. I just think it's a phenomenal song. I love the sax on it. We were, we were talking about it. I was talking about this with Zach from Spectres, how it's like, you know, like a lot of the times, like a lot of times people, we talk about incorporating sax. And I always think about it in that sort of like X-ray spec style, sort of like shrill spazzy way. But with, uh, with that song, like Huck just like lead it or just like pure AM radio, like, like sexy sax line. Um, but yeah, I think the record as a whole is awesome. I think it's uh it's more of a, although I said this about the last LP, because I was just like, they're, they're, you know, they're one of those bands where it's like the demo came out and I loved it. And I said this last time, the LP came out, I was like, oh, this is cool, but it's not the demo. And then it really grew on me. And I think that this LP is like that too. Like at first listen, I think the songwriting is more sophisticated. Like they're, they're better written songs, but it, it didn't like immediately grab me the way, or it didn't grab me as quickly as the, uh, 
LP did first LP did, which in turn didn't grab me as quickly as the demo did. So I feel like, and that's probably a you know the fact that the songwriting is maybe uh, do I want to say more nuanced? That sounds a little pretentious, but yeah, I think it's like I think it's an awesome record and it's like a great step forward. Um, yeah. And it feels like yeah, it feels like a grower. It's like maybe the the hooks aren't as obvious, but they're there in a very clever way. I think it's I think it's an awesome LP. Did you did you listen to any of of the records that um, yeah I, I, I sent you? One that I was kind of curious, uh, just because it's yeah, I was thinking about asking you about bands that I think you might actually be interested in this year. That might be okay. Now, well, I think yeah, last year you definitely tried to bait me into talking a bunch of shit by sending me things that I clearly wouldn't like. Uh, one record that, that I truly, truly love this year is the Cub Scout Bowling Pins 7-inch. Yeah. So that is, uh, just guided by voices by another name. Uh, yeah. I, I think every single person is in the current lineup of guided by voices, but, um, some of the music is kind of hitting hard on this like sixties bubblegum, uh, vibe, um, I, I think you're a deeper guided by voices fan than 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 I am in 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 all senses. Like uh, like was this something that hit your radar? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, like you know, it's. I feel at this point, this sort of you know, when when they got back together with kind of like the B thousand lineup in whatever 2012. Um, I've not been able to. I think since 2012, I think like guided by voices have put out 19 LPs. Yeah, and then plus the side projects. Like I have not heard most of it. You know, like. I, I listen to some of it and it's, it's never bad. It's always good. I, I still kind of go back to the era that I fell in love with, which is kind of yeah, sort of propeller up to under the bushes is kind of my, my prime era of GBV. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that seven inch was awesome. Yeah. I love the, I love Robert Pollard, like pop songs, you know, that was something that struck me. Like I saw them live a bunch. Yeah. I guess in like 2012 or so. And like, you know, when you take away the like weird janky production and like funny little songs that cut in between, it's like, oh, these are just British invasion songs, you know, they're yeah. just like good pop rock guitar songs. For sure. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, and I love how like the albums like B Thousand and stuff splice in the weird, like, just, you know, like Kicker of Elves and that yeah. weird shit in between the pop songs because it really makes the pop ones jump out. But I love just having a record of just like Robert Pollard pop songs. It's fucking yeah. great. Absolutely. And then it is uh, like, like you said that they do put out like two, three records a year. So, so having like a six song, seven inch is like manageable. I can, yeah, I can, I can totally. listen to six songs uh, 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 of Robert Pollard a year, not 46. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you dig the quicksand record? I thought it was okay. I was never like, I mean, you and I were talking recently about that era that like mid to, or early to mid nineties rev and like quicksand is one of the bands I like from that for sure. But I don't think I've, I've never really been as obsessed with them as some people are. So I tried to listen to it as like, both as like a new quicksand record. And also like, what if this weren't quicksand? What if this were a new band that someone just gave to me to listen, like, mm -hmm. you know, try, try and remove it from the canon a bit. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's decent. It felt like, it felt like maybe this is inevitable, but there was more like leanings towards some rival schools stuff in it. Yeah, you know, I get like, that. Like it was, it, it seems like the delineation between those groups is becoming increasingly blurred, but a cool record. It's not something that I would throw on all the time for sure, but definitely, uh, 
I think the last one I listened to a bit and found kind of disappointing. So I think it's a step up from that. Yeah. I, this one, Distant Populations, it's a harder record. Like mm-hmm. there, there is, there is a, a, a little uh, nasty groove to it that the, you know, the second one was a little spacier just with kind of the textures, kind of the melodies. Um, one thing, yeah, I, I listened to this one a ton this year. I, I can definitely say that I've listened to the Reunion albums way more than I've listened to like the classic Quicksand era. Oh, interesting. On iTunes, it's listed as just hard rock rather than, you know, hardcore or alternative or whatnot. Um, I feel like it's hit this moment where um, there are things that could be classified as like adult post-hardcore in the same way that like Alice in Chains is adult alternative, you know? Right. Yeah. Like it, it feels like a smooth mature kind of hardcore you know like it's it's heavy in in, in aesthetically in certain things but i can just chill out to it yeah there's nothing like jarring about it it's like yeah yeah, i don't know i don't know if smooth is the right word but i think you know what i mean like it's just there's like this sort of i don't even mean polished really just like i but i I can see i think i understand what you're trying to say with like yeah adult post hardcore yeah i i can i can relax to this loud record yeah yeah did you did you listen to the failure record at all yeah yeah that one uh arguably the same kind of feels that i get from that quicksand uh yeah said that weird quicksand there we go (laughs) but uh yeah it it's it's uh um mature hardcore i i I, like it feels weird and stupid to say it that way but like no i know what you mean it's something you can't put put your finger on um, but I, they're definitely, yeah, they, uh, there's a similarity between the two for sure. And I've never been like failure again. It's one of those bands that like, whenever I listen to them, I'm like, this like checks all the boxes of something I should love. And I always like it. I always enjoy it, but so rarely do I ever go and listen to them. So I'm certainly no expert. I can't really compare it to any of their previous works. Um, but I also thought that when listening to it, I'm like, this is not far removed from like current quicksand like in just the way some of the like the way the riffs are constructed for sure for sure um yeah um i'm trying to think of what else was there anything on that list that 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 you that you jammed on Mm. that 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 was a a pleasant enough surprise um i liked that pony record Um, i love that pony record it's uh i'm really psyched i was thinking about this today um yeah, I like this, and don't ask me for other examples, but um, it seems like younger people playing sort of the alternative rock of, of our youth is like people are going more towards generally what I like, which is like hard driving power pop influenced alternative rock. Like I felt like there was this period where like people in punk and hardcore were like rediscovering Dinosaur Jr. And we're like trying to do that, which is just, you shouldn't try and do that. And I feel like I really love like alternative rock revival that is like influenced by like less nuanced American alternative rock. You know, it's just yeah. like power chords and good pop hooks. Yeah. And just like, cause I mean, of, of that era, um, you know, like sort of like mid early to mid nineties stuff from when, like we were in our teens, like that's the stuff that stays with me the most is, I mean, you, you know, my tastes, I'm like, I generally don't like stuff that veers too far into the weirdness. Like 
if like I'm always a sucker for just like straightforward good hooks. So yeah, that, you know, that pony record felt like it could have been on like, you know, put it come out on like DGC in 1993. Yeah. Well, uh, it's there's, there's a couple ways to attach to that. So I did an interview with Sam from pony. uh, And while I was researching uh, a bit, which is just generally going through their Instagram profile, but um, I came across this video of her just doing a cover in her, in her bedroom. uh, And it was one of the songs off of the Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack. Okay. Which, and like that, that ended up being like, that was the record that made her want to play music in a sense. Like that was like, this was, oh, I, I want to play guitar now. And then the, the, the one song that she covered uh, is called I Wish You Well. It was written by one of the members of That Dog. Oh. Who were signed to. DGC. DGC. There you go. There you go. You, you got it. You got it. You nailed it right on the head. Perfect. What was the, what was the, that dog song on, was there one on DGC rarities or maybe on no alternative? There is one on possibly both. There is one on the DGC rarities, but I can't tell you what it is off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, pony record. (laughs) The pony record is great though. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. I was psyched on it. Um, Other stuff, yeah. Other stuff, I didn't get through a lot of that list. You sent me a significant list here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's okay. That, that Delvon Lamar organ trio record was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the kind of thing I would love to just like, just kind of like have playing all the time, you know? Like, yeah. Sometimes, like with pop music, I can't do other things when I listen to it because I just want to pay attention to every little thing. Yeah. Um, and that, that record was cool because, like, I mean, the, the musicianship is just so cool on it and there's like things that I can pick apart while listening to it but I feel like I could also just like put it on and hang out and still enjoy it without yeah. being without being distracted by it you yeah know? I I love I love uh Jimmy's uh Jimmy James his his guitar playing on that record like uh, I I met that dude like 20 years ago uh just like in sh- going to shows and playing shows in Seattle and like I always remember him just being around um I spacing on the name of his band at the time, but we played a show with his band uh, who were kind of like a hip hop kind of rock type thing that he was playing guitar in. Mm -hmm. I remember him sitting with us at an outdoor show in Seattle and he was just jamming on um, seven nation army. Like he just said, like, (laughs) that's like, this is like the sickest like rock riff of all time, you know, like (laughs) just, just like, just check this out kind of thing. And him just playing on this flying V unplugged flying V so yeah, it's great to see someone um, come come back into your purview, you know, like like mm-hmm. that he's he's just doing really well with a couple bands. He also does another thing called the True Loves. Uh, there's a D-Lo three record coming out in February as well. So yeah, he's just doing awesome stuff. One of my favorite you, guitar players at the moment. You did that. You did an interview with him what earlier this year, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a cool interview. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah, I was. I was happy. Happy to do it. Um, yeah. One thing that I wanted to run by you is just also, um, maybe this is kind of touching on what you'd said about failure earlier, just like, you know, how it checked all the boxes, but maybe didn't quite connect. Mm -hmm. Are there any old records that you got into this year that, you know, clicked this time around or, or just straight up new discoveries uh, that were old ass records? Yeah, actually the one that jumps out because it was ended up being one of my most listened to uh, records this year is the second Aztec camera LP, which 
I've never liked. I love the first one, Highland Hard Rain. Mm-hmm. And the second one, Knife. I don't know if you've ever heard it. I just like, I don't know, I just never, it's just like, like pretty much all the, almost all the quirkiness of the first Aztec camera LP is gone off it. Like it's quite straightforward. Um, and I was just like, oh, this is like, wh- whatever. And then for some reason, like earlier this year, I just like, oh, I'll give another listen. I just, I, cause I listened to uh, the first one so much. I was like, I just, I, I'll just listen to the second one for something different. And just for whatever reason it clicked. And I was like, fuck, this is a great record. Which, uh, which, which record is it? Sorry. It's called, it's called Knife. Knife. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't really know Aztec camera at all. Uh, like I do know a couple songs here and there. I have, yeah. I just, I just, I was like, I thought I have something on my, my Discogs want list. Yeah. And I do. It's an album called Love. Do you know that album? Oh yeah. I think that's the third album. There's, um, there's a song on it that was in like a Netflix show. And it was just one of those things where like, you're like, oh, I'm going to Shazam this. And it was, it was just a super sick song, but I can't, honestly can't recall what song it was off the top uh, of my head. Again, I don't, uh, that, now that's a record that I'm like, eh, I don't like this record all that much. So maybe next year, that'll be the one that I, uh, that I can get into. Yeah. Uh, the song, was it, was the song Somewhere in My Heart? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the name of that song. I think that's like the closest thing they had to a mainstream hit. So oh. it, it, wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't surprise me that it ended up on a Netflix show. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I would say, yeah, check out, uh, check out Highland Hard Rain, that first LP. It's awesome. Roddy Frame was like, I think it was like 16 or 17 when he wrote it. And the musicianship is just like crazy good. Like lots of like interesting, uh, interesting musical decisions. Uh, and there's that sort of like bouncy XTC campiness to it at a lot of times. But uh, back to your main question. Yeah. So the second LP, more straightforward, never really got it until this year. And now it's, you know, um, I just listen to it so much. Um, there's probably others, but that's the, that's the big one that's that jumps one. out. Yeah. Uh, I got really into Merciful Fate this year. Oh, okay. Uh, or, but, but specifically the first album, uh, which is mm. called Melissa. And it's pretty sick on the whole, super satanic in, 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 in a funny theatrical way, but the music on it isn't super like 80s metal which i th- kind of think of you know some of their other albums being mm-hmm. um it it sounds like 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 motorcycle rock or something with with like a theatrical oh. flair like sort of or like kind of in that way that like the first like iron maiden record isn't the same as the others you know right it yeah. has like this like low-key street toughness or something despite the like falsetto vocals yeah yeah yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not like a big, I mean, um, when I was in Blue Monday, Motor loved Merciful Fate and just was a big like King Diamond guy. So yeah. I would sometimes listen to them on tour, but like I've never, it's just, again, it's not music that's ever really grabbed me. Yeah. Um, but I do like, I like the way you describe that album. So maybe I'll take a look. No, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I got so into it that uh, that's what I, I dressed up as King Diamond for Halloween this year. Nice work. I don't know, just handing out uh, candy at my parents. <laughs> no. Did, did yeah. any did any kids in Surrey get the reference? No, no not at all. Also, because <laughs> actually, okay, I wasn't technically handing out the candy. So we had like our garage open and uh, we just had just kind of like a bowl and just said, okay. you know, just kind of, you know, take what you'd like, take a goodie yeah. bag kind of thing. Uh, but it was freezing. So I ended up wearing like a parka. 
so it was like <laughs> a dude in King Diamond makeup in like a y- army a ju- green parka. <laughs> you're a juggalo, is what you're yeah. telling me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're, oh yeah, great, great. Uh, you know, juggalo, juggalo style. That's fine. That's definitely what those kids thought you were when they saw you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if 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 uh, I have too many other questions for you. Um, do you have your acoustic bass handy? I don't. It's kind of buried in the closet. Why yeah. you got your you got your acoustic handy at your? I, I I have a I have an unplugged electric guitar, but but maybe we'll have to save the unskinny bop Zoom cover for another time. Yeah, There's, yeah. Mean, like we've talked about before, like that's that's your like behind the paywall content. Yeah, totally. That's what people want to hear. Yeah, I mean they they might like to hear us just sort of just reminisce on our vague thoughts on Skid Row <laughs> yeah. without really going anywhere, but they, they may not pay for it. They would pay for us playing on yeah. Skinny Bop. If, if they get through an entire cover, that's, that's payment enough. Yeah, that's true. Well, we would have to learn the whole thing. Yeah. As far as I know, we only know the intro, which may or yeah. may also be the verse. I, I, I don't think you need to learn much more. Perfect. Just yeah, that staccato it's just that, yeah, quarter note. Bump, 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 bump. Yeah. No, I love it. Are, 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 can Spectres actually make plans? Like where, where are you at with, with anything with the band right now? So, I mean, obviously the last uh, few weeks have kind of fucked everything up with just like Omicron going bonkers. But um, yeah, I'd say we, we are optimistic and booking things for 2022. Um, But it remains to be seen. I mean, we're just like, that's, I guess that's it. We're being optimistic in that we are still, booking things and going forward with our plans and uh hopefully when the time comes for the stuff that we have booked we'll actually be able to do it yeah and then um but you know over the last while like we've been able to practice a fair bit so we've been writing a lot um hoping to uh record a new lp in i think we're talking about june may or june something like that okay Um, yeah yeah, uh, that's the plan. So it's um, everything else. Every other band is pretty much on hold for me. But with Spectres, uh, yeah, we're cautiously optimistic and acting as much like a real band as we can in these uncertain times. Being that the last proper album was Nostalgia, this collection uh, that just just came out recently called Hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you looking forward to the future of Spectres? Ah, I see what you did. Um, yeah, uh, this, you know, the, the new record will be interesting for me because everything that I've played on so far or been featured on is, um, still has one foot in the band before I was in, you know, like with nostalgia about half of those songs, there was like skeletons of them written before, before I joined. And then, well, I guess, yeah, I guess the, the news single that tell me to the victor is all new but same thing with provincial wake like there was like a rough rough sketches of the songs when i joined and i added my own thing to it um so it'll be yeah i am looking forward to see what happens i think this will this will be the first like proper record that this lineup of the band that has now been the lineup for four years um will have written in its entirety together yeah so yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to that and seeing uh seeing how it all shakes down and if it's just a total alienating pop record or what happens with it
Once again, that was Adam Mitchell, guitarist for Vancouver post-punk group Spectres, whose recent Hindsight collection, which gathers singles, b-sides, live cuts, and more, is out now through Artifact Records. It sounds like there could be some new music from uh, Spectres in the new year, and I'm looking forward to hearing that and seeing if it does indeed go in an even popular direction. Naturally, there was a ton of music that came out this year, and there just aren't enough hours in the day to get into it all, so I was glad that Adam pointed me in the right direction for a few punkier collections. I did hear a lot of great music this year, though. Uh, a lot of it I got to write about, whether through gut feeling or for other publications. Um, yeah, some of some of my favorite records of the year. I, I, I managed to sneak an interview or two around. Uh, the Pony record, like like I mentioned earlier. Um, I did about 42, I think was the count, uh, newsletters since, you know, the start of 2021. It felt great to get into that, uh, whether that was, you know, going hyper-local with, like, melodic hardcore bands like Rest Easy, um, local video maker and, and musician in her own right, Katayun Youssef Biglu. I did get to do a handful of super niche interviews. Uh, like speaking with power pop great Matthew Sweet about his mid-90s cover of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Uh, yeah, so that's where some of my leisure listening was. Um, I'm looking forward to the new year. I have a handful of pieces banked uh, for, the, for the newsletter and, and through other means as well. Uh, some interviews set up that I'm excited to, you know, get into once I'm allowed to. Writ large, 2021 was still, you know, another fairly terrible year, but I did get to find some enjoyment through music. Um, I, I hope you did too, and, and, and through other means as well. I'm kind of rambling, so I think I'll just cut it short at that. Uh, wishing you all, all the best for 2022. Thank you for giving Gut Feeling a try, whether you're you know listening to this for the first time or if you're a newsletter subscriber. Uh, once again, you can find the full archive at buttondown.email slash gutfeeling. That's where you can also sign up for the free weekly newsletter. It also dings you uh, as soon as podcasts come in, which you can also find on Apple, Spotify, Sounder, and more. Yeah, I hope you stick around. I will catch you in the new year. Bye.